Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike, one half of the Locked On Clippers podcasting duo. Charles is not going to be around today. He's uh, going to be attending his first Dodgers game of the season in person. So huge shout out to him. Bummer he couldn't be here today. In case you didn't know, we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Love to have your listen. Uh, so we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. Uh, basically going to be doing a big Twitter Tuesday kind of two-part segment, my favorite day of the week. want to thank everybody so much ahead of time who sent in those questions. We definitely love to hear from you. If you didn't know, you can get your question featured on this show by sending that over to at Locked on Clips, preferably on Monday, but hey, we'll chop it up with you during any time of the week. So there's some really good stuff in there, a lot of questions about sort of the playoff uh, playoff matchups, sort of what those rotations could look like. Uh, so that's going to be broken down into two segments. Can't wait to get into all of that. And then in shavings. So if you didn't know, there's kind of a beef between Rondo and Mavs coach Rick Carlisle, and I'm going to dig into that a little bit, the history there, uh, and, and, and kind of just ponder if maybe that could give a little bit of an edge. If you listen to the show, you know that I love a spiteful Rondo. I think that it's a great asset to have. Uh, and then, you know, with the Clippers, the way they ended the season, there's been kind of a lot of talk from across the hall. So I'm going to address that as well. But before I get into it, got to let you know, you got to check out rockauto.com for your auto parts needs. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, so I'm here with Twitter Tuesday, kicking things off. Regular question asker on the show. We always appreciate chopping it up with you. Chenny John, who wants to know who on the playoff roster outside the margins might have a memorable or good series versus Dallas. So Chenny John listed in his tweet uh, as some, some possible options. Terrence Mann, perhaps Luke Kennard. Demarcus Cousins. Uh, these are kind of interesting. I think, though, of the three, I'd have to heavily lean. I'd probably have to heavily lead lean man. Um, I think that his defense is interesting. I think that depending on, you know, sort of what we need offensively, he can provide kind of another, uh, another look in some fill. Uh, Luke Kennard, you know, interesting offensively. Um, it just seems like he's not, he's not as in the flow of the offense. Uh, if that makes sense, he kind of needs more, he needs more set stuff kind of run for him. And I, I just don't know that we'll have the luxury of being able to call a lot of plays for Luke. Um, and then the, the defense obviously is, is going to be an issue. You know, it's, it's not inconceivable if the Clippers kind of get down bad. Um, you know, you could maybe see Luke Kennard uh, come in and, and, and trying to sort of speed things up, uh, give a little bit of a look, different look to the offense. But I think Terrence Mann uh, has a much higher likelihood of those guys. And then Cousins, I think, is really interesting um, with Surge back and, and looking, you know, other than the shooting, pretty close to, you know, his, his regular form. Um, I, I'm curious to see sort of how they use Cousins in those minutes. I think that it's a, it's, it's a kind of, 
it could be an interesting look maybe i just don't see it being that valuable maybe in this Mavs series the Mavs just you know they they have um they they have a pretty solid front court um and you know i i don't know I, I don't know if it's the best pairing for Boogie. I think like if he's on Willie Colley Stein or something, I, I don't know that I necessarily love that that sort of matchup. Um, and then, you know, the defense is going to be an issue. So uh, I, I think Mann is definitely the most likely of the guys on the margins. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it happens. I think in a regular scenario, uh, Mann probably, though, just in, in, unless things are going, you know, kind of poorly uh, in, a, in a given game. So Danny H wants to know, why do I fear that the Clips can be upset in any series, including the first round? If any other contender is down double digits in a game, I feel like they're coming right back. Whereas if we are up double digits in a game, I feel like we're going to blow it. Uh, look, Danny, I, I, you know, I'm with you. This, this team finds a way to break your heart, um, you know, on a, on a regular, regular basis, um, and I think that, you know, part of it that feeds into that too is just like the narrative around the Clippers sort of all season long. It, you know, it's been that really, truly, no matter what we would have done uh, or how things would have ended up in the standings in the regular season, you know, the, the conversation still would have been focused on the questions of, of what the, the Clippers are capable of pulling off in a playoff series. Uh, so you, you're definitely not alone in that. Um, but like, look at this, the, the Western conference is stacked. Um, truly any team could be upset. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more, uh, in the last segment as I've kind of come to terms with sort of the Clippers, um, ideas behind sort of where they ended up in the standings. Um, but I think that we're kind of in a good spot. Uh, if there does end up being an upset in the first round of a playing team of a higher seed. So I'll talk about that more uh, in the final segment today. Mike Hashi wants to know, any guesses on the starting lineup against the Mavs? I'm so curious what our playoff rotation will look like. Hopefully matchup dependent. Yeah, so I mean, you hit the nail on the head here, Mike. Uh, it is going to be matchup dependent. Uh, you know, we've seen uh, we've seen Ty Lue in his in his tenure with the Cavs get really sort of experimental um, with with how those things play out, depending on on how things go. Uh, and you know, an unfortunate thing is we are kind of coming into this series maybe with a little bit of rust. Um, you know, just with the there being uh, the the week of downtime uh, and no. Um, for, the, for the most part, <laughs> not a lot of uh, rotation guys playing in that last game and then limited um, in, the, in the previous game with Houston. So uh, that, that's going to be something to deal with. But I, I think the starting lineup um, as it stands right now, uh, they're going to stick with Patrick Beverly at the starting guard. Um, I have my own sort of questions and concerns about that and whether he is truly ready uh, to fill in that spot. Uh, but I think that they are going to go ahead and give him the look at the starting guard position uh, at shooting guard uh, PG, where he's been all year. Uh, and then Kawhi, small forward, Marcus Morris, and then Zoo will be the starting five, uh, the starting center for the Clippers. So I, I, I think that's what we're going to stick with. Um, the semi-traditional lineup, I don't know, with all the ins and outs for the Clippers this season, it's really hard to call any, it feels like it's hard to call any lineup our quote-unquote regular lineup, but I think we're going to kind of, we're going to play it, we're going to play it with the guys with the most continuity uh, for the most part. 
Uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Danny EMT wants to know, what is our ideal second unit? Okay, so I'm, this is just full disclosure, this might be a little bit of a cop-out, but um, I, I think that in the playoffs, we're gonna see staggering of Kawhi and Paul George, so one of them is always on the floor. Uh, so with that kind of being in mind, I think that our ideal second unit is gonna be that backcourt uh, combo of, <laughs> of you know, Reggie and Rondo, um, which I, I think... I think it's actually kind of interesting. It, it provides a couple of different looks. Rondo has been a lot more aggressive at getting to the rim. Reggie Jackson, obviously a pretty solid north-south guy, but he can also play off ball really well. I think Paul George will be the, you know, the, the small forward or you know, however you want to position him in that lineup. And then we'll have Nick Batum uh, at the four and Serge at the five. And really, like in looking at these lineups and kind of looking at stuff, I feel like we're a little bit more versatile even than we were last year. And some of that is just due to the fact that we will be seeing, you know, we will be seeing changes in the lineups and, and we will be seeing alterings and we will be seeing sort of uh, just some sort of rough drafts of kind of pairings and, and, and sort of how those uh, sort of how the lineups will switch in and out. Uh, so I, I feel like when I was kind of thinking about this question that we're, we're actually in a more versatile place because our second unit um, isn't so dictated by two players and and a pretty not predictable but like a, a pretty set kind of style of offense um there's there's just a lot more versatility i feel like right now on the second unit so i'm really excited about it uh so that's uh all i got time for in this first segment gonna answer some more questions in segment two which i can't wait to get into further but first Gotta let you know, I mentioned it up top, but you gotta check out Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, so I'm back with some more Twitter Tuesday, and Machamp wants to know, with the team trying to play off match hunt, don't you feel there's immense pressure to win the finals? If they lose to Dallas, that might be worse than blowing 3-1. Uh, so I don't know about necessarily like winning the finals, 
I do think, you know, a, a Western Conference Finals appearance, um, you know, that was clearly the expectation coming into this, the season. Uh, I don't know if it places any necessarily greater pressure on the team, uh, had, having sort of, you know, done a little bit of gymnastics there at the end. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more in the final segment about sort of what I think some of their the, the advantages were to sort of that tactical play. Um, I was Chuck and I were both really kind of down on it yesterday. Um, I've come around. I'm, I've been thinking about it a little bit more. Uh, so, look, playoff match up hunting. You know, it, it makes sense. It makes good strategic sense, but it never really quite sits right with me. Uh, I just feel like I don't know if there's pressure, but I do feel like karmically, I, I don't know. You're like maybe setting yourself up for something. Uh, that's that, that that truly, you know, is just like a superstition on my part, but it, it definitely like it, it never really quite sits right with me. But yes, I, I do agree with the second part of this. I think losing to Dallas would be way worse than blowing a 3-1 lead. Uh, I think that we're in an, a good position to beat Dallas. I was kind of looking back um, over some of those games and look, despite going to six games, I don't really feel as though that series was maybe as close as uh as we gave it credit for it was certainly difficult no doubt um and you know there is sort of a, a fieriness between these two teams and the regular season matchups you know have have more or less been a wash so in a way they are still sort of like the quantifiable unknown um but i still think that we have a really good good chance of of getting out of this one hopefully relatively unscathed in terms of just the length uh, of that playoff series. LB Playboy wants to know, which I'm assuming is Long Beach Playboy, shout out, uh, do the Clippers have an on-off switch? Have we seen it? I'm nervous because when we're in a slump, it seems to linger for the whole game. So I don't know about an on-off switch. Uh, I do think that we have played some cards a little close to the chest. I never really like the narrative that like players are, are holding something back or like want to or don't want to turn it on. I mean, it's a day at work for these guys. And, you know, sometimes you're on your A game and you're really crushing it. Uh, and sometimes you're not. And sometimes you try harder and it only makes it worse. So I, I don't know about an on-off switch. Uh, I actually have to disagree with you, though, on, you know, the it seems like the slumps sort of lingering for whole games. I think that is a huge thing that we saw last year. Um, and I think that uh, the games that I have been to uh, sort of in person as media, I'm, I'm kind of paying a lot more attention this season to, uh, to the interactions on the court, um, how guys are, are sort of reacting on the bench and, and sort of what the overall vibe is. And I think time and time again last year, um, we saw guys kind of checked out. And I don't know, like, I, I'm not going to go, there was too many variables for me to put that directly on the players, you know, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, Kawhi is not a leader or anything like that, because I, I don't think that that's true, and I, I don't think that that's the situation. I think that there was a lack of clarity, um, sort of, from the coaching staff to the players, uh, I think that, you know, the team, look, you know, we all saw some bad tendencies of this team last season. Uh, I myself chose to sweep, sweep them under the rug uh, and kind of ignore them. But I think if you're a player and you know the game as well as these guys do, you're seeing the same things happen again and again. So I think last season, um, you know, when we would be in a deficit or something, I, I think, you, you know, guys would kind of feel 
um, like the walls were closing in a little bit more, which I think is totally reasonable. But this year, I think the body language has, has looked a lot different to me. I do think there's a different kind of composure. I look at the games like when we were on that insane winning tear and we were kind of stealing some games down key contributors. I look at that and like, yes, it has the vibes of um, of that like the 1819 team, but at the same time, um, it, it's just like what you want to see, and it, I think that it's more reflective of the place that this locker room uh, and chemistry has has gotten to, despite once again kind of a, a relative lack of continuity. So. I don't know about an on-off switch, but I do think that this team does a much better job of of not lingering in a slump and sort of looking for the win despite the despite the circumstances. Um, and I know that may feel a little difficult, uh, given you know sort of how short our memories can be um, with how things ended ended last year and sort of how how the the end of the season played out. Which, uh, if you listen to the show, you know that I wasn't initially really that pleased with. Uh, X Shawners wants to know what will be the biggest difference this year compared to last year in terms of trying to guard Luca. We got a whole lot of questions about this. Um, yeah, as far as approach, I think that it will depend. Um, I, I think that they'll see some more time split between uh, Paul George and Marcus Morris. Morris was very effective. You know, he's an agitator. He's great in that kind of role. Um, depending on, you know, d- depending on what Pat Bev looks like too, you know, that, that looks a little bit different. And I think right there in your starting lineup, you have three capable guys who, um, at any given time can soak him up for, for a couple of possessions. It's just about keeping him uncomfortable, uh, you know, forcing him to his right. Um, which, you know, I, I think that I, I th- we have the personnel to do. Um, I think that, you know, I wonder, uh, part of me wonders if having played Dallas last year in a playoff matchup and and maybe Ty Lue sort of seeing some things or absorbing some things didn't maybe have something to do with with maybe why they were a a little bit more geared towards this matchup. Uh, Ty Lue talked about um, in those, it was either after the Houston, I believe it was after the Houston game, um, that he they had kind of been game planning for both Portland and Dallas, um, you know, in film sessions and stuff, as you do to prepare for a playoff opponent. And I'm wondering, though, if one of the sort of tangible things that came out of that is, you know, maybe they saw sort of, um, maybe they saw something that they liked that they thought they could exploit either uh, offensively or on the defensive end as far as slowing Luka down. But the thing with Luka, though, is like he's just one of those players that like he's going to get his points up, he's going to get to the line. It's just about effectively slowing him down. Uh, and I thought that we did that for the most part really effectively um, last series. You know, that that final buzzer-beating possession was a very poor exception. But um, – I think the biggest difference this year is going to be A, experience, and B, just healthy Pat Bev. Um, well, healthy-ish. I, I do think that he's in, in. I do think that he's in a better spot than he was last year in the bubble, um, and just having sort of that versatility. I also think Paul George defensively has been a little underrated this season. Uh, I know that we certainly haven't spent enough time talking about it, but I think that um, I think that that's going to be one of those things where. You know, in Denver, he was really, in that Denver series, he was really solid despite the outcome. Um, So, yeah, I think there's just a little bit more experience. And, you know, with, there's just, 
a little bit more versatility, I feel too, in, in sort of the coverages that we can provide. All right, so that's gonna do it for this segment. I'm gonna come back. I got two more uh, Twitter Tuesday questions to get to in shavings. And then, as I said, I have some thoughts on sort of the, the Clippers sort of maneuvering in the standings, as well as uh, the beef between Rondo and Carlisle. So I can't wait to get into that. But first, if you're looking to place a bet, you gotta check out betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, so it's not just sports. You can also get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so I'm back with shavings and I got a couple of last Twitter Tuesday questions I really wanted to get to. So the first one uh, is gonna come from Juan, Juan Seja. And this question is Rondo or Bev down the stretch of a four point game, leading versus being down, would it matter? Uh, so yes, it would actually matter to me um, given if, if these are the two options, right? I would also throw, I, I would also throw Reggie in there. Uh, so, but uh, between these two options, um, which are, you know, pretty likely kind of closing lineup guys for the Clippers. So in a close game, if the Clippers are down four points, uh, I'd probably lean Rondo. Uh, I just think that I, I think that the look that he offers the offense uh, is maybe a little bit more aggressive. I do think that he carries um, a sort of weight too. You know, everybody playoff rondos, it's cliche at this point. Um, so I, I think that, you know, if we need to get a bucket, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards Rondo. Um, however, if, if it stops that you need, I mean, come on, we know what Pat Bev can do. Rondo has impressed me uh defensively especially just given you know sort of how the first part of his season went before the trade uh but i, I still think you got to go for pat assuming health um if you really if what you really need is, is someone to get in there and get a stop i mean that's you know that's what we got him for that's that's what we keep him for so i i think that yeah i, I think that if if you got to get a bucket you got to lean rondo got to get a stop probably go pat um Arno, friend of the show, always love to hear from Arno, wants to know, how will the disappointing underperformance of last year's Mavs series affect this series from a mental standpoint? So LA Clippers film room, excellent follow on Twitter, pointed out, the Clippers beat the Mavs in six last year with a point differential of about 10 points. They won the last two games by an average of almost 29 points a game. They put 154 points on the Mavs in game five. Look, I, I alluded to this earlier. This series really was not quite as close um, as we remember it. It was not as close as Mavs fans wanted it to be. Um, you know, there were some like uh, issues with Lucas sort of turning an ankle or something at one point, and then Kristaps' availability. Um, but I don't know that it was necessarily an underperformance across the board. Paul George has his struggles. We've talked about that enough. We don't need to really even bring it up at this point, I feel like. Um, you know, the the underperformance thing to, that I would maybe be worried about is the shooting. I still just think, given how good this team has been 
um, across, you know, a seven-game series or whatever. I'm liking the odds on that, you know, just just from a math standpoint. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that it'll affect this series from a mental standpoint. I think almost, if anything, it's it's kind of the opposite. Like I, like I said earlier, I mean, they have experience now on this team. Um, you, you, they've been through a playoff series, and, you know, they've spent time sort of, uh, digesting the film and sort of breaking it down. So I, I think that uh, I think that it, I think that it's going to be all right. I don't think that it's going to hang too heavy on on this team's head. This is just this is a different team. Um, it, it really is, despite you know uh, a lot of the same players. Uh, it is it, it is just different. It's a different look. It's a different feel. Obviously, different coach. So I don't think that there's any sort of lingering um, concerns for the team. Uh, for fans, different story uh, about the last last matchup with the Mavs. So a couple other quick shavings things. Uh, it was brought to my attention by Shane Young. Uh, he brought up the beef that I had forgotten about between Rondo and Rick Carlisle, coach of the Mavs. So. During his tenure with the Mavs, at one point they had a heated exchange, which resulted in Rondo being benched for the rest of the game. This was way back in February 15th, 2015. Uh, hard to remember back that far. Uh, it was a game against the Raptors, which did end up with a win for the Mavs. But basically, my understanding of the situation was that Rondo didn't heed a play call from Carlisle that he was calling from the bench, and then he sort of uh, was ignoring to call a timeout, which led to Carlisle coming onto the court and forcing a timeout. Uh, and they had, you know, they had a very heated exchange. Uh, like I said, it led to Rondo being benched. Um, and it was, you know, they got the win and Rondo kind of refused to speak on it afterwards. Um, Carlisle, you know, didn't go too into depth about it. He said it was just sort of a difference of opinions. Um, uh, it's just kind of heat of the moment thing. However, there's an extra layer to this story as like things didn't go down that well. Um, when Rondo ended his tenure with the Mavs, uh, Rick Carlisle ended up sort of expressing some regret over that trade that they did with Boston to acquire Rondo back in 2014. Uh, if you didn't know, the Celtics traded Rondo and Dwight Powell to the Mavs for Jay Crowder, Jameer Nelson, Brandon Wright, a first round pick and a second round pick. Uh, but he did say that, you know, maybe it was Dallas that was a bad fit for Rondo, not necessarily Rondo being a bad fit for Dallas. But I like this because I think that spiteful Rondo is uh, one of the best players to have on your side. You pair spiteful Rondo uh, through the lens of playoff Rondo, and I think that you're looking at something really special. It's got me really excited, actually, about this series. Uh, it's just kind of an extra little wrinkle in there. I feel like Rondo always plays better when he's, like, a little angry. Uh, so another thing I wanted to touch on, like, as I've alluded to, there's been sort of the overarching conversation online today has sort of been big talk from across the hall about how the Clippers have done all of this to sort of dodge the Lakers, um, which I, I I don't think that it has that much to do with the Lakers, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I do think that there was maybe a little bit of matchup cherry picking going on there. Um, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier, but I think that having the experience of having played this team in a playoff series, I, I think that that might have been something that the coaching staff certainly viewed differently than we did as fans. Uh, I think they might have saw like they might have seen that as an asset, and then. 
the other thing is, is like we still haven't avoided playing the Lakers in the second round. Um, I certainly don't know for a fact what's going to happen on Wednesday in the play-in game, but I think that where the two teams are at, the Warriors have an excellent puncher's chance of you know winning the single game uh, and forcing the Lakers to play another game to get into that eight seed. Uh, you know they've just where Steph Curry is at right now is kind of unreal. They've just also, you know, despite the absences from their roster, they have had a little bit more time to gel on court this season. Um, so I, I don't think that we've necessarily avoided playing the Lakers in the second round. However, I do think from a tactical standpoint, there is also an appeal to if an upset does happen um, in in this first round that I, I don't know if it was a I don't know if there was a conversation internally that you know if one of the two teams were to be upset um, maybe they thought that the likelihood of of the Jazz being upset was greater than that of the Suns being upset I don't know I can't speak to that but if there is an upset in the first round uh, from where we're at you know we will maintain home court advantage through the first and second rounds. Once again, in the event that that happens, we still don't know that, you know, the, the number one seeded Jazz are going to be uh, upset by a play-in team, uh, but there's certainly the possibility there. And I don't know, you know, as I said, I, I would kind of favor the Warriors to get that win in the play-in um, just because it's, you know, it's just a single game. <laughs> but, you know, in a, in a series, obviously the Lakers... Uh, would would take out the Warriors, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just kind of wondering how deep they went into the thought of the second round. I, I really hope that it wasn't that far. I Like I said, I think that this had more to do with the experience level that they've already had with the Mavs in a playoff series uh, and sort of going through that film again. Uh, and despite, you know, like not really, I, I mean, I have not really been pleased with these the, the, the regular season matchup this year. Um, you know, maybe they saw something differently than me, uh, and they thought that that seemed advantageous. So I don't think this has much to do with the Lakers, uh, though, you know, if it did, then I, I guess whatever. I, I don't think that, um, I, I think that it's a bigger concern for the team to just get out of the second round than who they'll face in the Western Conference. Uh, finals. I, I think that that was a huge fault of the team last year was maybe looking a little bit too far ahead. Um, and, I mean, wasn't the only issue uh, to be sure, but I, I think that they're just taking it a little bit more matchup by matchup this time. And I, I, you know, while I personally liked the Portland matchup, I think that the Mavs matchup also makes sense. Uh, and I think, you know, having a little bit of experience uh, definitely can be an asset for you. But anyways, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for rocking with me solo. Uh, Charles will be back tomorrow and will also be joined by Ethan Smith of Clipperholics to talk about the playoffs, playoff week here. Uh, we'll also have a What You Say Wednesday poll over on at Locked on Clips. Be sure to get your vote in on that. Please let us know in the comments what you think about it. Uh, it should go out sometime in the morning. And we'll also have you updates on whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Thank you so much for rocking with me. Thanks for bearing with me solo, like I said. Uh, I mentioned it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. And as always, I am William the Opinion Updike. Appreciate you.